All right, whose idea was it to let you all choose the scriptures this year? My goodness. Anybody want to fess up to this one? I'm looking. Because I thought a lot about you this week. I don't know who you are. But you know what? I'm thankful that whoever you are, coward who won't raise your hand, I'm thankful that you chose this because this is a verse that we need to understand. I think I've shared with you, um, in the 1800s, my family emigrated to the U.S. uh, from the area around what's now Hanover, Germany. This was a very Lutheran family, very Lutheran, Um, traditional Lutherans in every single way. I mean, on Martin Luther's birthday, they would throw a party. Um, Oktoberfest was all you could dream about, Oktoberfest being. Well, one time I remember I was, I was at my grandparents' house in the summertime, because I'd go up there uh, in the summers from, from, from New Orleans, where I was living, to work on the farm. And I remember getting ready for church on a Sunday morning, and my grandma looked at me and she said, turn around and go put on some church clothes. I was wearing the nicest shorts that I had. And I said, but Grandma, these are nice. And she said, don't give what is holy to the dogs. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I went on and put on some dirty pants and went to church, but it was long pants and she was happy. I mean, in, in, in that culture... You don't profane the holy with short pants at worship. You don't wear a ball cap in the sanctuary. In that culture, you wash your car on Saturday so that it's clean when you put it in the church parking lot on Sunday. Because you want your very best to God. You, you, you don't profane the holy from what Jesus says here in this verse. We've, we've, we've brought some of that into our culture today, haven't we? Well, let me tell you, without a doubt, I know that this is not what Jesus was referring to. In this part of the teaching that we know of as the Sermon on the Mount, he wasn't talking about that kind of stuff. Throwing pearls before the swine. What's interesting about verse 6 in chapter 7 of Matthew is that it seemed to stand all by itself, doesn't it? I mean, in some Bibles, including mine, it's its own section. It has its own little heading here. One little verse. It's like Jesus is talking about not judging people as the chapter starts, and then he moves on to this verse about dogs and swine and pearls, And then he moves on to talking about prayer again. I mean, it's almost as if when Matthew was putting the book together, he forgot this one thing Jesus said and he looked for a place to put it in. That's what it seems like. Yet, if we look really closely, I think we can see very clearly what Jesus is trying to teach us through this verse. And that it just perfectly fits right where it's supposed to be. So listen, listen again to this verse. This is from a slightly different translation. Jesus says, don't give that which is holy 
to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before wild pigs, lest they trample upon them with their feet, and having turned, tear you to pieces. That's a little bit more graphic version. I mean, how dare Jesus say something like that on the Sermon on the Mount? There may have been children around. That's violence. That's offensive. Let's get one thing straight as we try to understand this. Jesus isn't talking about actual dogs, pearls, or wild pigs. He's not saying, those of you with pearls are on your neck, don't throw them down before the pigs. Because they'll ruin your pearls and you'll get in trouble. That's not what he's saying. So what is he talking about? I mean, we might have this understanding of, of dogs, and I'm a dog person. You know, cute, fluffy members of the family. And if you have a picture of your dog, I want to see it, because I love dogs. But in Jesus' day, dogs were wild. They weren't part of families. They ran around in packs. They attacked people. They were dangerous. To be called a dog was to be called a wild, rebellious person that does damage to other people. So that's not a compliment here. Now, when I think of pigs, I think of bacon and pork chops. I don't know what y'all think about. I think about going to Jimmy John's and say, just throw more bacon on it. More bacon. That's what I think about when I think about pigs. But if you studied anything about Jesus' culture, you know that, that for Jews, of which Jesus was, pigs were considered to be unclean. And Jewish people were to have absolutely nothing to do with pigs. Nothing. Don't even say the word. That's the P word. Don't say it. And when Jesus is talking about these pearls, we see Jesus talk about pearls in other places in the Gospels. And he compares pearls to the kingdom of God. See, pearls in Jesus' day were highly valued. They were extremely extremely rare. Only the wealthiest people had a pearl, and they didn't wear the pearl except on the most noble of occasions. A pearl was something to be treasured. So what's going on in this verse with these dogs and these swine and these pearls? Well, I think if we look, it's, it's pretty clear to us. See, I think verse 6 which is our verse for today, is actually pointing us back to verses 1 through 5. I think verse 6 is actually part of the section with 1 through 5. See, Matthew 7 verse 1 is one of the most misunderstood, most misquoted verses in the entire New Testament. Judge not lest you too be judged. Oh my goodness. What's... Jesus said that. We hear that all the time, don't we? Well, who am I to tell someone that they're wrong? Judge not, lest you be judged. I'm not going to confront anybody. No, that's judging them. I mean, a misunderstanding of this verse has caused some people in the in, 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 the, in the church to, to mistakenly believe that when it comes to belief or behavior, anything goes. But I think it's, it's, it's fair to say that Jesus isn't denying that there are definitive rights and wrongs. 
He says that there are. Jesus isn't saying that we shouldn't confront people. I mean, if you look in the book of Matthew itself, there are more than 20 places where Jesus confronts people about their false beliefs or their sinful lifestyles. I think what Jesus is referring to in chapter 7, verse 1 through 5, is judging people without even a glance at ourselves. See, we have to be honest with ourselves before we can even look at somebody else's life. It's like, it's like watching the TV show that The Biggest Loser. Have you ever seen that show? Where these overweight people go on there and they try to lose weight. It's like watching that show sitting on the couch, judging how heavy these folks are while you're munching on your Doritos and drink, drinking your Mountain Dew. Honey, look at that guy. Can you believe it? Pass me the chips. That's what Jesus is talking about. Or it's like sitting there on the couch. We're on the TV theme here. Watching a story about how people watch five hours of TV a day. Can you believe they do that, Mabel? Well, what are you doing? You're watching TV too. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Why are we so concerned with the sins of other people when we fail to acknowledge that very same sin in our lives. I mean, people need to be confronted about things when they're making mistakes. That's what we do when we love someone, isn't it? Sometimes to not confront someone when they're making, when they're making a mistake is not to love them. But I think we need to remember that we need to confront ourselves first. That's what Jesus is saying. See, I think verse 6, which is our verse for today, I think it's dealing with the opposite of verses 1 through 5. Whereas verses 1 through 5 talking about not judging people unless you first look at yourself. Verse 6 is, is dealing with this. Don't be gullible. Don't be oblivious to genuinely evil people. See, the holy message of the kingdom of God needs to be handled with discernment. Because people can be malicious and can respond to Jesus' message with negativity and misunderstanding if we're not careful. A friend of mine who's a New Testament scholar was invited to appear and be interviewed on the, without a doubt, the highest-rated nightly news show on cable TV. Yes, it was that show. He thought it would be a friendly interview. But when he started explaining a Bible verse, a way that wasn't in line with the host's political understanding, the host turned into a monster. And my friend said he'll never appear on that network again. See, the truth of the gospel message can be heard only with Holy Spirit discernment. And without it, chaos can ensue. Don't give what's holy to the dogs, Jesus said. 
to try to explain the Christian message, the truth of the gospel, to someone who doesn't want to hear it. That's what Jesus is talking about here. I think Christians and even churches are seen by some people to be pushovers. A little bit naive. Easily taken advantage of. That's because, I mean, let's face it, we don't want to hurt people's feelings, do we? We don't want to appear judgmental. Yet remember what Jesus told his disciples as he sent them out on a short-term mission trip in chapter 10 of Matthew. Jesus says to them, look guys, if you go into a village to share the good news and they don't want to hear about it, rid yourself of that village. What, what, what did he say? Wipe the dust off of your sandals from that village and go somewhere where people are going to be open to hearing. Don't waste your time. Jesus told them, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. See, God wants us to be open to everybody. But the reality is that not everybody is going to be open to the gospel. We have to acknowledge that. At Centenary, we have to choose ministries wisely. Because the truth is that we can't do everything. I wish we could, but we can't. We can't help everybody that needs help. Some people show up during the week with no other purpose than to take advantage of us. And if you've worked the front desk, you know that that happens. For us to say, well, we shouldn't judge them, let's just help them. Listen to me. If we say that, we're rejecting what Jesus is teaching us in this verse. See, I believe that what we do here at Centenary is holy. And what I mean by holy is that what we do here at Centenary is set aside for God. That's what I mean when I say when something is holy, it's set aside for God. The ministries that we have here are holy. The worship that we offer is holy. The offering that we give is holy. The money that we spend from that giving is holy. I mean, when you place your financial contributions in the offering plate, or when you volunteer with children or with youth, or when you greet visitors on a Sunday morning, are you aware that what you're doing is dealing with pearls? You're dealing with the pearls that Jesus is talking about. Are you aware that when you do those things that you're doing something that is a holy, sacred act? See, there's a big difference between serving and giving in a civic organization and serving and giving in the church. In the church, what we're doing is holding holy pearls. It's something that's set aside for God. It's precious. It's timeless. It's the message of Jesus. 
I mean, the limited resources that we have as a church, and I'm not just talking financial. We have limited resources in volunteers. We have limited resources in staff. We have limited resources in facilities, believe it or not. We have some of the nicest, this is one of the nicest church campuses anywhere. But I think we need to be careful about not being sucked in by everybody and every issue that comes along. Because we can't do everything. We shouldn't be judgmental, but judicious. In other words, we shouldn't be condemning of people, but we need to be wise. And it all goes back to what Jesus says in verse 4 of chapter 7. Unless one has removed the log from one's own eye, one's not able to tell the difference between a fellow disciple with a minor issue or an enemy that's going to do great harm to the church. See, we need discernment. Jesus wants us to live with discernment between good and evil. Discernment in right from wrong. Discernment in sound beliefs about God and false beliefs about God. And all of this discernment comes when we're able to test our own motivations, our own desires, our own motives. Jesus is telling us loudly and clearly in these verses that it's just as much of a sin to be naive and gullible as it is to be judgmental. Think about that. Let that sink in. That's what Jesus wants us to know. Don't be judgmental, but don't be naive and gullible either. And not having a clear understanding of ourselves can lead to either one. I mean, if there's unresolved sin in our lives, we can't see ourselves or we can't see God very clearly and we'll become judgmental in an attempt to hide that sin. And if we're focused too much on the dogs and the swine in the world, we won't focus as clearly on the beauty of Jesus' message or how valuable that really is. See, this is that balancing act we have to take in life. It's really hard. And only the Holy Spirit can help us get there. I mean, I certainly, you all know my heart, I don't want to be a church that condemns everybody. There's enough of those out there. God's a God of love, isn't he? He's a God of love. But I also don't want to be a church that doesn't appreciate the value of the gospel message by allowing the treasure of the gospel to be taken advantage of either. When we can see ourselves as God sees us, then we're able to see other people the way God sees them. And because we love them, we confront them in love. And if they won't listen... It may do more harm than good to just keep pushing Jesus on them because they aren't yet in a place to accept those pearls of heaven. So what do we do? Well, we pray for them. 
That's what Jesus tells us to do in verses 7 and 8. And he talks about asking, seeking, and knocking. See, Jesus starts with, don't judge, but take a look at your own life first. Then he gets into this verse on don't be gullible. Don't let people take advantage of you. Have discernment in how you use the resources you have. And then he moves on, but you need to be praying. Isn't that beautiful? One thing I, I, I never am, am amazed, I mean, I, I'm always amazed at just how beautifully Scripture fits together. From beginning to end, it just fits together. So we can see that this one verse, verse 6, isn't just stuck in there. It's part of Jesus' whole message. And it's beautiful. Just like a strand of beautiful pearls. Which is what he's talking about. Those valuable things in your lives. Do you treasure them? Your relationship with Jesus. Is it a treasure to you? Let's not cast our pearls before the swine of the earth. Let's pray.